super talented yeah he was unfortunately he had a lot of uh there were a lot of other factors that played into that unfortunately but we won't get into that but we just appreciate the uh the music and the artistry of uh nirvana so do you think one of those factors might have been anger david <laughs> as a matter of fact yeah i think so well that being said everybody <laughs> welcome to episode four of the well, neighbor podcast <laughs> welcome <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend, Jess? It was amazing, brother. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, What'd you do? Got a lot of chance. Uh, got a got some. Got a couple of days to do some reading, which okay. was uh, really good. Okay. That's weird to even say because I've never been much of a reader, <laughs> yeah, but all of a sudden, a it's like uh, you know, you know, once once you're 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 an addict, bro. It's never you never stop being an addict. You just get addicted to different things, and so. Um. I was gifted a book by someone very special to me, and mm. that just opened up the appetite for me reading. But I Indeed. went through, I went through that book maybe in in three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. Which you. that alone is crazy. Like you. who the fuck reads on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? This guy. <laughs> you never fucking read in school. <laughs> I don't think I, uh, you know, ever read a fucking book. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? I got a lot of time now to, uh, you know what I mean? Now that I freed myself up from, you know, all the other stuff that I used to do, I'm finding myself with a lot of time and I already know how I operate and I know my algorithms. Mm -hmm. if that's the way you want to put them. And if I don't, uh, occupy my time with something constructive, I know I'm just going to end up falling back into old patterns. And so. Uh, I gave this a try and I, I seem to love it, bro. You know what I mean? Right. You see the little setup that I have in my in my backyard with the yeah. you know the nice uh, table under the tree and amazing very, shade and very calming, very, very very melodic, very very whimsical. Yeah, 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 absolutely, bro. So it what else did you, bro? It lends as a nice place to sit and you know read and uh, you know what I mean. Just yeah. if anything, bro, that I appreciate now, bro, more than anything is uh, peace. Yeah. I love my peace, bro. I love not being talked to. Mm. Um, I love not, you know what I mean, having to fucking answer a bunch of calls and texts. And I put I put my phone and ringer off, and I, I just get lost, you know what I mean, and and uh, and the reading, bro. And it just, you know what I mean. I'm a I'm, I'm a truth seeker, bro. And you know what I mean. I'm just uh, and I've seen it. I'm firsthand, yeah. and uh, you know we worked out there once. Yeah, and uh, it was really relaxing. Big time. I forgot what day it was. Was it during the week? Yeah, it was during, it was the, during week. the week. It yeah. was really odd because it was during the week and we're doing stuff and uh, I felt like, wow, this is this was great. Like it was, it was, 
we haven't done that again. I'm, obviously, my schedule and your schedule are very different, yeah. but just being out there and working with you and, and discussing things and going through everything, we knocked out probably more tasks out there than we did in here. We had, the previous night we had spoken and made a list of tasks that we wanted to knock out to set this up. Every single podcast up, and Jeez. we were able to knock everything out in maybe an hour and a half yeah. and sitting yeah. sitting outside under that tree. Yeah. And we don't have <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. That was that was amazing. It just goes to uh, show that you can get a lot of work done when you have a creative space that you assign for that specifically. Uh, you got to create the space for you to be creative. Yeah. Um, and so that seems to lend itself to it as long as, you know, as well as the studio that we're working in right now. Um, you know, Monday morning, 1055, five minutes away from 11. And this is the time <laughs> that we found today to get this done. So we're going to get it done. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, was there anything you wanted to add before we get into it, D? No, man. I uh, saw Batman this weekend with the boys. Nice. Three hour, I had no idea it was a three-hour movie. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do my research. Uh Logan slept through it. Bash was okay. He liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It was a very eye-opening. Uh, just real quick, they did go away from the original story for Batman. There you go. They did. I, I, you know, comic, I'm going to say it. Comic book I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, they went away from everything. They completely redid it. It, it, was, it, was, it was a very, very different, very good adaptation. I'll give you that. But I'm going to sum it up with, I like the way they humanize the characters. I like the way... Batman didn't ultimately win. He didn't save everybody, but it was a lesson, you know, for him to become something else, not vengeance. And I personally thought that the version that uh, Chloe Kravitz played as uh, <laughs> Catwoman was, was a little tamed. Uh, usually, Catwoman, if, if I recall, she was a lot more sexual and there was more a slutty. lot more sexual innuendo going yeah. on. But you know, because of the time that we live in and everything uh, being so PG geez. and what it is. I think they purposely toned it down. I think so? Absolutely. I mean, there was, I mean, there were some moments where she was a little slutty. I mean, it was a little skank. I mean, I liked that. I liked the little skanky, but uh, uh, I she think go all uh, the way. Michelle Pfeiffer was a, oh, a lot, gosh. you know, sexier yeah, uh, Catwoman, you know. But Jeez. you know, these are the times that we live in. So you know, you got you got to. Yeah, well, you, well, you don't have to, but most people, you know, <laughs> um, you know, she put the S in slut. Yeah, it was it was she it played, was great. It was I, good. It was I good. think she played a better Catwoman. But anyways, bro, let's yeah. uh, you know. Without further ado, we're gonna get into the episode four of the Enabler podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. Uh, the topic of this um, podcast or this episode is gonna be anger, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna dive into necessarily what anger is, and uh, you know, we're gonna try to reverse engineer it from different facets and different angles. And, uh, you know, hopefully we give you something that is, uh, that you can use. I mean, it's a pretty universal emotion. It's very broad. Um, I think everybody has experienced it from, you know, the baby that's a newborn crying because he's hungry and he needs a bottle and he doesn't know how to communicate uh, yet to, you know, uh, the the 80 year old, uh, you know, racist (laughs) that, you know, grew up in a different time and that's how... Their family justifies their racism. Come here, you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know what? What's interesting is, um, so I like this topic, but what sparked the interest more than anything? Um, it's a level of specialty because I'm an angry person. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm right there with you. I've had my problems with anger and shit. No, you know what? Um, yeah, you know what? Actually, um, I read something you know, on the subject this weekend, okay. and um, it just it was a little expansive and it helped me analyze it from a different perspective. Like, I I'm not angry in the sense that most people are angry. Um, you know, one thing that I read in this book uh, over the weekend um, was that there's two types of anger. One of them is uh, called valid anger. Okay. And basically what a valid anger is, is as explained, and which makes a lot of sense, typically if you feel like you've been wrong, um, you know, if somebody made a comment that was meant to purposely hurt you, or if you're in a relationship and your significant other did something that offended you, um, or or you know your beliefs, or you know somebody purposely disrespected you, or didn't take you into consideration, that's what's considered, as far as this book breaks it down, valid anger, mm, okay. um, which is you know pretty common and and it's pretty well vocalized and accepted as. You know, if somebody comes out of pocket, someone's out of pocket and they offend you and somehow the normal response would be to yeah, feel anger. Yeah. Um, and then there's another thing that's called um, internalized anger. Internalized. Um, usually with valid anger, you respond um, with some type of a rant, some type of an insult, mm -hmm. some type of uh, confrontational words. Uh, with an internalized anger, and that's the one I would say that I'm most familiar with. Okay. Internalized anger is when things usually or repeatedly happen to you, and you're under the illusion that you're pretty good at dealing with anger because you never lose your shit. Okay. Which, that fell in my lane, in my category. I... It made a lot of sense, and when I got to that part of the book, I really, really slowed down my reading and tried to really get into the meat and potatoes of that particular section of the book because it spoke more to me. I'm not a person that, you know, goes off the hinges and, you know what I mean, starts <laughs> punching people or throwing shit against the wall or, you know, raising my voice. Okay. I'm usually pretty civilized when things like this happen, um, but I didn't realize that there's two kinds, and I'm more the internalized version of it. And so what the internalized version is, is um, basically you just get offended, something happens that makes you angry, but you don't vocalize it. Uh, you sit with it, you suppress it, you keep it down, and you keep moving. And you find yourself in a pattern of continually doing this. Uh, this could be something that starts from a very young age and follows you all the way until, uh, you know, you get older as an adult, um, because it's a very, it's very subtle, mm -hmm. um, and you know it could easily lead you to believe that you don't have an anger problem, for the reasons I just, uh, you know, previously uh, vocalized, because you you don't go on rants, you're not cussing people out, you're not throwing shit. You're not, you know, sending strongly versed emails, um, that type of shit. But um, more so, I think that's a that's one way of dealing with it. Me, 
I've always kind of just not addressed shit. I've just, you know what I mean? People have hurt me. People have offended me. People have mm-hmm. crossed boundaries, disrespected me. There's been several times that I felt that way, and I'm just like, I, I pull away. That's my mechanism towards that. How did that help you? Well, it wow. gave a perfect example in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave an example about them tearing down some housing projects in Chicago. Okay. Um, and the way that the explosives were set up, they were set, they were set up on the outside of the buildings and on other parts of of the projects, they were set up on the inside of the buildings. So when they blew up from the outside, all the, all the degree, all the debris, all the the dust would come out and rebury and settle. When they blew it up from the inside, everything collapsed on itself. Yeah. There's a science to it. There's a science to it. And so also with dealing and processing anger, I seen that that was my lane, and that's usually how I processed it in the back, but it's probably the worst way to process it because you never have an outlet. Um, but you think you do. You think that. I mean, you, well, well, you think you're above it, and you yeah. think it doesn't bother you because you never express it. But the more you hang on to this and the more these events keep presenting themselves in your life, you're basically just a ticking time bomb. Um, there's two movies that come to mind that would kind of be analogies <laughs> to what I'm saying. Uh, one of them would be that movie with Jim Carrey. Oh, God. <laughs> Me, myself, and Irene. <laughs> First of all, oh, kudos geez. to the fucking goat, Jim Carrey. That motherfucker is Jesus a genius. Christ. A fucking genius yeah. in my eyes. A great actor. Not only that, but just now that he's on his spiritual shit, I mean, he's his a spiritual tip. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's he's amazing, bro. I mean, yeah. he comes off as crazy and, you know, Hollywood tried to write him off at one point, um, but he don't give a fuck. He doesn't. He don't give a fuck. I mean, you know, he says what he says and it doesn't make sense to people, but it's because he's on some other shit. He's a pretty good artist, too. Yeah, he's amazing, bro. He's <laughs> amazing. Really but that's a perfect example of what happens when you implode and you just, you know, he had that that other personality, you know, mm-hmm. Hank, <laughs> come to life. I believe that was the yeah. alter ego, right? Yeah. When uh, he turned into somebody else and he was fucking doing all these fucking irrational and crazy shit. Yeah, exactly. You're looking at me. He then vocalized <laughs> a different, you know, he even had a different, uh, you know, voice, voice and, and everything. And, and personality. Language. Yeah, all of that, you know. Um, also, another movie that came to mind uh, was... Meet the Parents. Oh, fuck. With, with uh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. And, uh, Damn it, Falker. Yeah, Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. And that scene where uh, they're trying to take a picture or they're trying to set out the kiosk yeah. that Kevin made uh, so they can take, uh, you know, for the wedding that's going to take place the second day. And they walk out to the backyard and it stinks. And uh, everybody walks back to them and they start holding their nose. And um, somebody says, what's that smell, Jack? I think it's the son-in-law, future to be son-in-law tells him. He's like, that, that's, that smell is our shit. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he's like, he's like, fucker, did you flush that toilet when I told you not to flush it? He was like, no, Jack, I didn't flush it. He tried to blame it on the cat. Yeah, he tried to blame it on the cat. Maybe it was Mr. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Mr. 
Mr. Jinx. He's like, God damn it, fucker. He doesn't have opposable thumbs. How's he going to flush the toilet? Damn it, fucker. But basically, it, it was it's a great analogy because it's like, he like, do you know what happens to a septic pump, or to a septic tank that hasn't been pumped? Yeah. Eventually, it overflows. It overflows. Yeah. And now you're fucking knee deep in and your shit. own shit. Yeah. Literally. 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 So I just thought of those two, you know, because I, I think in, the way I think is different, right? I think in, in, in visions, I think in, 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 I visualize my thinking, you know what I mean? And so those two analogies came to me right away. An artist. Yeah, and those movies, you know, and those movies, but it's like, yeah, bro, if you don't deal with your anger, yeah. eventually you're going to be knee deep in your own shit. Nothing ever goes away. Nothing ever goes away. Everything and at, at some point, it's just going to fucking overflow. Yeah. There's nowhere to go anymore. There's nowhere for the anger to go anymore. And all of this time, you've been thinking that you're passive and that you deal great with anger situations, but you've never dealt with any of it. So it's easy to perceive it that way, you know? I'm thinking about a lot of things right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, that's why sometimes, you know, I used to catch myself being mad at the, like, at the wrong person, you know? Um, Or I would catch myself being mad at the dumbest shit. Or, yeah, because, because you're not really mad at that. Yeah. It's just the fucking anger creeping out and playing it and leaking out in in a different scenario of your life. That's not what's bothering you. But something's bothering you. And anybody that's present is going to fucking feel your fucking wrath that day. Yeah. And so... That's the thing about internalized anger. Um, and that's the lane that spoke to me. And so, you know, just to unpack that a little bit more, it just also shows you how important it is for us to have different tools in our emotional toolbox. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is if we only have, I mean, let me give you an example. If you're a construction worker, yeah. how much work can you actually get done if you're limited to one tool? Shit. Not much. Not much, right? No. If you're an artist, how much art or painting or, you know, whatever, I mean, because, you know, yeah. artist is a genre. I mean, you can talk <laughs> in fucking music. I mean, let, let, let's, let's yeah, if you're is, a painter yeah. and you only have one color and one brush, how much art can you actually get done with that? A certain amount. A certain amount. As far as the imagination can take you, yeah. that's it. And so, at some point, it will stop. Yeah, maybe it's not the best analogy, but I guess what I'm getting <laughs> at is this. Yeah. If all we have in our emotional toolbox is a hammer, eventually, everything will start looking like a fucking nail. Yeah. And what do we do with hammers? We bang that shit yeah. and try to nail every fucking thing to the wall. So it's imperative that we get emotionally intelligent and try to develop by analyzing our emotions more tools in our emotional toolbox so that we can better navigate and so that we can be better artists of our own lives and our own destiny. We can paint our own canvas. Exactly. You know, just like the analogy that I that I told you about human potential the other day, me and you when we were talking, um, I told you, look, Dave, childhood trauma is like this. 
you got a fucking ball of yarn that's all fucking knotted up. You have to sit there and take all the fucking knots out of that ball of yarn. Yeah. Once you do that, and it's going to suck because it's a fucking mess. You don't even know where to start. Yeah. You're overwhelmed before you start because you're looking at this mess. And you're like, where the fuck do I even start? But the, the point that I'm trying to make is that's what childhood trauma looks like. Yeah. If we could visualize it. Now, once we take the time and sit there and take all the knots out of that yarn, and now we have a, a, a ball of yarn that we could work with, that's how we weave together the life that we deserve. And you can create anything with that ball of yarn once it's workable. And once it's not knotted up in resentment or in anger or in trauma, you can become a weaver and weave anything that you would like with that ball of yarn. However, it starts somewhere. Where does it start? Unpack that for me. I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with you. Oh, absolutely. Easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, the, I, while you were talking, I was thinking about a lot of, I mean, fuck, everything from my divorce and past relationships to my children to raising them. The first thing that comes to mind is being able to have a stern, real conversation with yourself. Realizing what you've done. Why you got angry. Why did I get so angry at that? It was just, it was this insignificant thing. It starts with those, with, it starts with those little things. A broken glass. Uh, a kid, I don't know, stepped on my, pushed a key on my computer, deleted something, whatever. Uh, you know, wife made a call and something and it wasn't supposed to happen. Okay, it happened. Okay. We're all here. It, it takes a broader look at everything. You need to step back and look at that bigger picture. But you need to realize what you did, why you did it, and more importantly, what takes the, the most time. And I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 years old. It's taken all this time to realize, you know, it's I see my father in a lot of things that I get angry at. And I see it's plain sight. I'm like, oh my God, I just sound like my father or my mother or something, you know? Granted, not every childhood is, is you know, perfect. No child is perfect. But there are things that we learn from. There are things that, that traumatize us. But we never stop to think about what they are. No one teaches us that, just like you said. No one, there's no guide. There's no book. There's, there's nothing. It, it takes having the faith in our own selves to recognize what we've done. But who in the hell has the time to do that in this day and age with everything going on, work, with bills, with rent, and, and I mean, you name it. How many distractions do we have on a given day? Well, not to mention, you know, alone with, with the device that we carry in our pockets Thanks. all goddamn day and, oh. and all the alerts and all the rings and all the, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to focus now. It is. Um, like I said, even though the technology is amazing. Um, if you're in a creative lane, the possibilities, the are, possibilities just... are fucking crazy. And it's like, we're so lucky to have it. We're so lucky to have it. it if we also, use yeah. it in the right way. It could also be a weapon against us. You know, but you have to be conscious of everything. You know, um, before we started this podcast, I gave you, we were having a personal discussion completely off the subject of, mm -hmm. of what we're addressing right now on the podcast. 
and I gave you the example of a pencil. And I said, Dave, if I had a pencil here right now and I rolled it on the table, why would you say that the pencil rolled on the table? Because of and, the force behind the pencil. And that's what you answered, right? I said, okay, you're right. And that's what most people would answer. But what about the fact that the pencil is round mm -hmm. and so it's able to roll? What about the fact that the table's flat and it's able to roll? What about that there's nothing obstructing the pencil from rolling? Or an incline or a decline. Or exactly. So it's never just the action. There's so many other mechanisms behind it. It requires a deeper thinking. Deeper thinking. It's what it's what we don't have the time to do. It's what we don't think about, but it's what's needed. And that takes time. It takes a lot of time. And that's what I've learned. And the one thing I thought about is my son, again, Bash. You know, I had that talk with him about, you know, going back and forth. He was frustrated and how he felt about school and everything. And I did have a really good talk with him. I sat down and had a talk with him as soon as he walked in the door. As soon as he put, it, as soon as he put his back back down. And he, he had questions for me as he was talking. Long story short, everything I was telling him, he questioned answer in question and one thing led to another we were talking for a good while but he understood why things are happening there there are things that that don't make sense to him but I tell I told him ultimately one day you will understand but right now what you need to realize is you have two parents that love you you can see us both you have fun with both of us and that's the main thing that we're here together we're happy we're healthy we get to have fun that's it you enjoy us both and I said, don't you, you have fun with us, right? Yeah. You, you have great times. You eat great food. You go and do fun things. And he accepted that. Yeah. That was a way of draining his little septic tank. <laughs> and you, you addressing his concerns and, and his frustration was a way of you draining his little septic tank. So that that little septic tank doesn't overflow at a later date or at a later age. You know, or even worse, as an adult. You know, sure. so, so you're constantly... Draining his little septic tank so he doesn't find himself knee deep in his own shit at a further date. And we had an amazing weekend after that. Yeah. Because I saw that was that was on his mind still. But yeah. he was so happy that we had that conversation. But it led into something else. You know what it led into? What's that? Dad, why why do some people use their middle middle finger? Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah. this kid. Yeah. He saw somebody at school using it. Long story short, we went on to Google, we researched it ourselves. I was like, where did it originate from? And we found out where it originated from, from Italy in the 1930s or 1940s. Yeah. Italians used that as this, uh, this sign, this uh, visual image, and yeah. that's how people started to use it. It was a derogatory mark, and now we turn it into the middle finger. And I didn't tell them what it means, but I told them it's nothing good. Hey, Josebi, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was interesting. He just, man, he just, he just kept, he's always yeah. thinking. But nonetheless, that's what it, that's what it made me think about. Yeah. And but um, yeah, bro, just you know, what I mean, that was that was beautiful. By the way, I'm glad that you got uh, a chance to take that little you know segue um, and you know unpack that little conversation. I know we had addressed a little bit about it in the in the previous mm -hmm. um, podcast, but I'm glad that uh, you know, like I said, you know, we're we're getting the chance to help people work out 
things that they might not ever have thought of um, and uh, giving it a platform for them to address on a personal level. And uh, we just share our things as anecdotal things so that you can compare and see that, um, you know, we're, we're working our shit out as we go as well. You know what I mean? We're not, we've never claimed to be professionals in anything and we're figuring life out just as it comes. Um, but even that said, I mean, I, I would say that we're a little bit more aware than, um, some people, not because, you know, we're gifted to, or because we're better, but just because, you know, for me personally, the only reason that I started on this journey of change was because I was just fed up with everything not working out for me or just living my life in a, in a circle, you know? Um, and you know that I think that's the biggest thing to change when you, when you, you know, as a wife, sometimes when you're married and you ask your husband to change something, he's going to change it for the moment to get you off his back. But it's not going to be a change that's going to stick unless he really sees the need for the change himself. Um, it's never permanent until you're tired of the own circumstances of your own life and how it continues to play out and it's not favorable to you. You have to want it. Unless you're honest enough to swallow that pill and realize that you might be the fucking cause of most of your anger, most of your frustration, most of your depression, most of, you know, your hatred for life. It all boils down to you. Um, you know, one thing that I find so funny now that, that I'm starting to figure out the psychology of my own thinking and my own actions is, when people say, you hurt my feelings. And I think to myself, well, how the fuck does that even make sense? They're your feelings. How can I hurt your feelings? How can I hurt your feelings if they're your feelings and you're the one that, pro that are processing the emotions? Dive into that a little bit. You got to understand that sometimes we blame circumstances of our own lives on other people that are close to us. Okay. But it's not necessarily something that they did. It's how we internalized it ourselves that leads us to get angry, that leads us to feel unseen, unheard, unappreciated, simply by how we're in processing the information that the other person did. Mm. Okay. So, that being said, is it possible, Dave, if they're your feelings, that I have access to hurt them? Now that I think about it, no. I don't think so. Is it possible that perhaps I said something, and because the way that you internalized that information, it made you feel a certain way emotionally about it, and now you think that I had something to do with it? It triggers something to make me believe that you were the cause of that. Because you viewed it through a certain lens, yeah. a perspective mm -hmm. that you have based on things that might have happened in the past that were similar, based on things that have never been addressed before, and I'm going to be the guy that's going to get the shit end of it because I just, you know, you were at the end of your septic tank exploding <laughs> and I'm, I was the last straw. I was the last flush before that fucking septic tank overflowed.
And so now I'm going to get all the shit that I don't deserve because yeah. you've been holding on to this anger of a bunch of situations that you've refused to address. And now I'm stuck, you know, getting the fucking you're gonna be, yeah, the verbal diarrhea yeah. coming from you. You they're, know, they're trying to get you stuck in their shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? So um, it's just one of those things, you know, like everything is through the lens that we analyze it. You know, like, like you know, I tell people all the time when, you know, I'm at the market and you know what I mean? They, they ask me, you know, I, I always like to ask and be cordial and be like, you know, how's your day going? You know, but they'll usually say fine. How about yours? I usually say amazing. I love that word. Because you know what's amazing? The fact that I'm fucking up and that I have <laughs> air in my lungs and then I'm breathing. And I'm like, I'm amazing. I woke up today and I have air in my lungs. Everything after that is just perspective. Yeah. That's it. That's I, it. Yeah. It's because funny. you got to understand yeah. the world doesn't suck. It's not a bad day because your bad day could be somebody else's fucking, you know, wedding day. Somebody else could have had their first fucking baby on that. Yeah, exactly. A baby. So, so is it really a bad day? No, it's a fucking bad day for you. It's not a bad day for the world. (laughs) You know, maybe in the fucking world of David Martinez, you know what I mean? That existence of fucking sucks. You know what I mean? But somebody could be buying, moving into their first house. You know what I mean? Someone could be buying their first car. Someone could, you know, Whatever the possibilities are endless, so it's never a bad life. It's not a fucked up world. Your perspective's fucked up, and so that's the way you internalize things. That's the scope of the way you see things. It's very interesting. You know, so it, it's just there. There's there's everything we do leads back to psychology and biology and quantum physics. I mean, we're a weird fucking species. You know what I mean? You you got to think of it. We need the same things that plants need. And somebody once said, we're plants, but a lot more complicated. Or we're emotional plants. You know what I mean? That's what it is, bro. We're just a fucking bundle of emotions. You know what I think the real purpose of life is, uh-huh. Dave? We all come down here from, you know, I won't get into that, but let, let's just say from heaven. Okay. As a soul. Mm-hmm. And I think the game is. To, and we all come down with a whole bag of insecurities. And I think the real game to life is. Seeing who can get rid of all those insecurities. And all those emotions that don't serve us as fast as possible. Like the game of dominoes. The person that gets rid of all his dominoes first fucking wins. <laughs> yeah. That's the game I believe. The person that gets rid of all their fucking emotions first wins. Wow. I like that. I like that. I think that's the real fucking game. I think that's the real purpose of life. We all come down here with baggage, with insecurities. I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those questions that can have so many answers, right? Yeah. Can have so many answers, but I think that's the game, man. You know what I mean? Just figuring this shit out and realizing like, oh shit. I've been causing myself all this grief all this time. Yeah. It's never been about the person I've dated. It's never been about my parents. It's never been about 
where I was born. It's never been about my race. It's never been about none of these things that society and culture and media tries to convince us of. Their, their game is to put us in a box and make us feel like, look, this is the box we're going to give you. You're able to exist in this box. Limitations. And you're okay existing in that box. Don't you fucking think of thinking beyond that box. Because that's not allowed. That's why we have a race. That's why we have a religion. That's why we have a, a, a political side. You know, and you know, to even unpack that even further, I remember growing up and politics weren't as big of a deal as they are now. And I think that the reason politics are as big as they are and why people are a lot more invested in politics at this point and stage of life is because that's the new religion. Because these corporate religions have failed to keep people entertained, mm -hmm. to keep people engaged. I mean, obviously the scandals that they've had yeah. haven't helped, but I don't think that's it. I think there's as 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 a religion, they've failed to keep people engaged and and making them see the validity of having a spiritual connection, and the fact that they've offered themselves as the only conduit to a relationship with God is through the religion, and I don't I don't believe that's true. Um, this book that I picked up, I was just mentioning mm -hmm. to you. Uh, when I went to go ask for it at Barnes and Nobles the other day, um, you know, I told them I was looking for this specific book by this specific uh, author, mm -hmm. and so they looked it up on the computer and they directed me. They were like, "Yeah, you, it's going to be over in the religion section." Um, and What's I, the name of the book? Uh, the name of the book is Anger by Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. And so, right when they told me that, like I paused for a second. And I was like, religion? Like, I right off the bat, I almost didn't want to get it. What were you thinking about? Instantly. Instantly, like, what went through your mind when, you, when that happened? When you heard that word? It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Right. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And right away when I heard it, it's like, oh, they're going to try to sway me one way or another. Mm -hmm. They're going to try to sway me one way, because that's what religions do. Because the thing about religions, they're no different than... They're, they're a brand. And so they're going to take faith and brand it to where it works for that religion. They're a brand. That's why I call them corporate religions, the big ones. <laughs> I mean... And when you said that, I had to interrupt you, but one thing stood out to me. Not that there's so many facets with religion and so many outlets, but, well, there are a lot of outlets now with corporations and... Um, politics now before there was newspapers and you had televisions radios now it's tentacles have spread everywhere you have every platform of social media fucking uh, facebook linkedin every everything you can think of twitter think about how far it's spread think about how more powerful it is and it's impactful and it could make you believe a lot of shit absolutely so yeah um, and so, um, yeah, it, it'll, right when they pointed me to the religion section, I was like, oh, pause. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to get this book. You know what I mean? 
But I was like, you know what? What was that? What was that? What just when they said religion, sexual, what made me not want to buy that book? Immediately, I was like, nah, I'm good. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me get it. Mm-hmm. Let me get it. I don't know why it just automatically made me want to not get it. But maybe I'm supposed to buy the book and read it, and then I'll know why I jumped to that conclusion. Yeah. And sure enough, I mean, you know, I didn't know, you know, that the author was Christian. Okay. Um, I learned that by reading the book. Okay. There's a lot of script uh, in the book uh, that helps um, with the illustration of what anger is, how God sees anger, uh, why uh, God gave us the emotion of anger, Mm -hmm. how we're supposed to process it. And there's a lot of script backing it up, which I like. Okay. Why do you like that? Because it's based on factual. It's not the Christian way of thinking. Okay. It's based on the Bible. And it's just a very organic way of thinking based on the scripture without being without it being flavored one way or another. It's natural. See, the thing that I don't like about religions Mm -hmm. is that they try to tell you how you should think. Mm -hmm. What they don't do is show you how to think. And that's that's where the big disconnect for me is. They say, no, 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 this religion, not the others. I see. No, 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 this way of praising God, not the other. So what did you do when you realized that? So I'm glad I didn't stop. I'm glad I didn't stop myself from purchasing it because, you know what I mean? They, they you know, they directed me to the mm-hmm. religion uh, section, but um, I'm also glad that I found out that he's Christian, you know what I mean? But he's also, uh, you know, a, 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 a doctor, you know what I mean? Or a, a psychiatrist, you know what I mean? I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, he works with with couples, you know what I mean? He's also written another book. It's called The Five Languages of Love. Oh, you know? <laughs> I'm familiar with that book. <laughs> um, which is which is a cool book, a cool book because it, it it you know, it teaches you how people have different ways of, of feeling love, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Not everybody is receptive to love the same way, you know? Um, and so it just kind of breaks it down how, you know, you might be spinning your wheels doing all these fucking, you know, all this work around the house for your significant other and getting all this stuff done. That's what you think. is, And, and you think uh, that she's going to appreciate it, but her way of feeling love is completely different. Yeah. That's why you're at odds with each other because, of course, we don't blame the person that does everything around the house and pays all the fucking bills and <laughs> keeps a roof over the head and keeps yeah. them in cars and, you know what I mean, provides for the family. Like, all the shit that just people take for granted. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what a man's supposed to do. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, which is true. Sure. Absolutely. But, and, yeah, in some circumstances. But, but at the same token, there's a lot of things that women are supposed to do too that might, you know, at the same, they might fall short of sometimes as well. And so it's just about figuring out what works for people and how they think and how they're going to internalize um, something that you are, you know, you mean to be a, a way of showing love. But if that's not their love language, they're never going to, 
appreciate it. It's yeah. got to be very specific and tailored to every individual and how they're receptive of that. It's something that needs to be addressed or introduced or before people get married, before they move in. I mean, this, this is just really helpful, very healthy ways of learning each other. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just think that that's a very, very vital part. It came in late in my marriage, but I learned it. I understood it. And, and the same thing when you mentioned religion. Like, yeah, they, they tell you how to think. But I took things as... Well, I like the way this sounds. I applied it to life, uh, but this doesn't sound great. I, I'm not. I'm not really too keen on this. I took what I thought was was uh, good and uh, were, you know worthy, and you know applied it to my life, and took things that weren't. And that was just I didn't buy into a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it helped. It worked. Like there is some truth to all religions. Yeah, yeah. That's the the basic concept of omnism. Omnism. That there's not one true religion, but all religions have some truth in them. You know what I mean? It all comes to someone. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, the Buddhist, you know, for me, there's a lot that I take away from, from their way of thinking and... Uh, like what? One thing in particular. I mean, what stands out to you? Or the thing you like the most? It's just a very peaceful way of approaching things. Mm -hmm. Without so much... It's not so loaded. It's assimilated to a lot of tranquility. It's tranquil. It, it's peace. It's tranquility. It's like, look, what are you doing? You're just spinning like, <laughs> like I said, bro. All, all most of the, the uh, most of the, the the drama that we generate or that we experience in life, most of the disappointing events in our life are self-generated mm -hmm. by us. We're in the way, like me personally. Like what, what I always tell you, bro. When, mean, when you when you tell me you have a great day, what do I always tell you, Dave? You had a good day today, and, and I I always pose the question, why do you think you had a good day today? <laughs> and what am I expecting you to answer? And what do you always answer? <sighs> what do you always answer when I pose that question? Uh, oh shit, I answer a lot of questions, but I think what do I what do I say? I say you always I, I tell you, oh, you had a fucking good day today. Why do you think you had a good day? And you're like. Because I got out of my own way. I was like, exactly. Oh, my God. Exactly. You got out of your own fucking way. That's, yeah. When I'm having a great day, yeah, we had these conversations yeah. on the phone. Sometimes that's all we need to do. You don't, you don't have to be the smartest person in the world. But you got to understand that you're pretty dumb and you don't know. There's more, there's more that you don't know than what you do know. And once you have that general idea, realize that you're... You're doing yourself more harm by always being in the thick of it and trying to figure it out because you might not have the capacity, excuse me, to figure things out. But if you just trust and get in the way, get out the way and try to over and stop trying to overanalyze every fucking thought that comes in your mind, these thoughts are just meant to come and go like a river. Everything you think is not real. Everything you think is not real, which is also, you know, um, explained in this book. There's the first type of anger that I explained is when somebody wrongs you. And so, you know, it's it's vindicated that you would normally, you know, you would react. That or way. you feel like you're being wrong. And then there's perceived anger. Mm -hmm. You're mad at somebody because you think they did something to you 
to purposely offend you, and it's not even the case. You're just mad at a scenario you made up in your mind, and it's not even real. And you're pissed about that. Yeah. And you're pissed about that. It's not even real. You just convinced yourself it was real. And now you're pissed about that. And now you're going to come off and, and, and confront somebody and condemn them. For what? For something they didn't even do. But the way that you're approaching it and the tonality you're using is only going to cause them to lash out at you. And now you guys are both at odds with each other. What the fuck did that solve? Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> Out of a fucking a, a story that you told yourself that wasn't even true. Yeah. Because it felt similar to a situation that you've experienced in the past. And so you're, pro, you're, you're, you're basing... When people don't have the whole story, we have a tendency to make the story up in our mind. When we don't know it all, oh, we're going to piece it together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to piece it together. And if you're a positive person, you're going to find a positive fucking twist to complete that story. And if you're a negative person, yeah. which most of us per capita are by nature, most of us are toxic by nature. We're going to find a way to really fucking sell that story to us. Like, Oh my boy. Woo. Ooh, this motherfucker's going to get it. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. It's on, on site. <laughs> <laughs> on site uh, off, of, off of misunderstanding because you haven't really had a communication with that person because most of us don't know how to sit down and have civilized conversations if you feel that someone has wronged you the most logical thing and the best thing that you could do for the situation and for yourselves and for everybody involved is address it but don't address it condemning people don't address it accusing people of something that you've internalized and you convinced yourself of already. Give somebody the space to tell you how they meant it and how you perceived it. Put all that on the table, talk it out, and then try to mediate a happy conclusion to it. Maybe one of you guys is going to be big enough to be like, listen, my bad, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize that you didn't even mean it that way. Yeah. Maybe I just took it that way because of other shit that I might have been going on already and that was the last straw. And so this just led me to be like, okay, you're going to fucking get my wrath because of 10 other things that have gone on earlier this week that fucked me up and they're still up in the air and it's in limbo and I can't find any resolution to that. So I just found it a lot easier to fucking ask you to walk outside with me so that we could put hands on each other. And how many people do that today? Bro, if the only tool you have in your emotional toolbox is a hammer, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to, everything starts looking like a nail. Well said. Everything starts looking like a nail. So that's why we need to sit there and break down all these emotions that we have because it's just like when you have a car and the check engine light goes on. It doesn't mean that you should fucking panic and, and get <laughs> frantic. It's just alerting you that there is something wrong. Yeah. That you should maybe address. Because the longer that light's on and the longer you don't address it, it could get more serious and more serious and more serious. And the knee deep in your shit. It's just telling you, hey, listen, check this out. Something's not right. So the, our emotions are that sensor. That tells us, hey, listen, something's not right. 
we need to address this. The sooner the better. Yeah. Because if you leave that light on for a week, a month, two months, one day you're going to go to try to turn that car on and it's not going to turn over. And you're just going to get even more pissed. But who are you getting pissed at? The car that tried to alert you of the shit? Or your dumbass that ignored it? Yeah, you're right. You know? And, and so it's like, you know, when these things happen, same thing with illness, man. You know, when we get sick, it's because it, it's, it's alerting us that we're doing something wrong. And our body has the, the power of regulating itself. But we just need to move out the way. Yeah. We need to keep, you know, we need to give it, feed it the things that it needs to, to regulate itself. Like a car. Or stop feeding it the things that are, you know, one way of that, that's really helped me to eat better and, you know, try to be a little bit more uh, healthy from, you know, ever since I had my scare with cancer is uh, something that I, that I read and we'll probably close on this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll go to you for last thoughts yeah. after this, but. Um, I read a quote that was very, very impactful, and I'm going to leave you guys with this, and then we're going to turn this over to Dave to see if he has any final thoughts. But anything that you eat is either contributing to you being healthy or contributing to you getting sick. Either or. Either or. Whatever you eat is either contributing to you being healthy or you getting sick. So that's how I approach everything now. And my question against everything everything now is how many times do we do that? All the time. All the time. And keep in mind, uh, you know, everybody, that this is something that is by not by any means easy, but it requires work. It requires discipline. It requires you to stop in this this freeway, this this vast 110 mile freeway of life with everything you have in front of you, everything that is around you, it's meant to distract you. But there has to be a time where you have to believe in yourself. You have to, you have to want it. You have to stop and think and pause and look at the bigger picture. Look at the perspective and think about these things because it's the one thing that we don't do at the moment. But it's the one thing we think about when it's too late. Absolutely. That was a beautiful sentiment, bro. And, uh, you know, that being said, I think uh, we're at a tight 45 or 46. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, you but, know, we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, wrap it up. But, um, again, we want to thank you uh, for con uh, continuing to download the podcast. Um Thank you, everyone. You know, we, we appreciate your time. And you know what I mean? I know that you have a choice of tuning into, you know, several podcasts. And uh, just, you know, it means the world to us that you continue to download and uh, be part of this little community that we're trying to build. And so um, I hope this was useful to you guys. Um, we plan on, uh, you know, coming very quickly with another two episodes after this one. I think we've kind of fell off for a couple of days there because we've been pretty busy with, you know, our own personal stuff. But uh, our thing is to get better and, uh, you know, to shoot these out to you, um, on a more, uh, constant basis. So, um, we hope you enjoyed episode four and, uh, you found some things of benefit for you. Um, and, uh, like I said, you know, apply it to your life and, uh, get out of it, whatever you can and, uh, 
share it with other people that you think it might be useful for as well. So right. that being said, Dave, uh, did you have any other thing? Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so morning. much. And that's uh, David uh, <laughs> and Jesse signing out. Anger, episode four, Neighbor Podcast. Enable, Download baby. it. Share it. Later. <laughs> Later.